Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie, and we both have toddler age boys. And here on our podcast, we chat all things of real motherhood from A to Z and absolutely everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and that is what we dive into on each and every episode. So thanks so much for joining us, and welcome again to season two. Hello, Emma. Hi. Thank you guys for joining us for season two. Yeah. We're excited yep. to be back. We uh, just kind of caught up, I guess, last episode, reintroduced ourselves. And now we are back, kind of diving into a more uh, topic-specific episode. Yeah, what did we do last episode? I feel like we chit-chatted. I feel like... I know. We reintroduced. We recapped season one. I know. We, and we just recorded it a few days ago. It's sad that we can't remember what but we talked about. But you know, the one, <laughs> the one thing... I don't know if we got to it, and that was discussing our favorite things about fall. Or did we talk about our favorite things we about fall? We talked about it. We, we talked, talked about, about it. I talked I about my love for winter squash. Oh, right, right, right. And I told you that, you know, I look forward to the holidays as a family because it's, yep. it's often just the three of us. Okay. Yep. All right. We talked yep. about it. Yeah. There, well, there it is. Mom brain. But you, know, but you know what we didn't talk about because all of a sudden I started thinking pumpkin spice latte and how I really don't drink those or like those. I was wondering if you ever go for a matcha latte. This is random, but I'm just really digging them right now. I have never had one. Um, I've had matcha tea. I like okay. it fine. But I, yeah, I've just never, never had a matcha latte. I'm a pretty simple coffee drinker. So I never, honestly, I never even like look at a menu for anything too fancy. So, so you know... I'm the same way. Like, I know what I like. I can get it pretty much at any coffee shop, including Dunkin' Donuts. Side note, I'm, I've actually never really been disappointed with Dunkin' Donuts. But I, um, what I, what happened was because of the weird taste thing with COVID, which still is underway, unfortunately, c- certain times and like, if I'm not feeling it, coffee just doesn't always have that same taste. So I was like, oh, I want something that's going to give me that kind of like an ice latte vibe, but not necessarily be the coffee bitterness. And so I was like, I'll try matcha. And I was like, I love it. And this place adds no sweetener that I go to close to my house. It's like really, really good. So it's kind of like green tea, but then I add oat milk to it. So. Oh, nice. I'll have to check it out. Um, Yeah. It's worth a try. There's not a, we don't have enough good like local coffee shops that are convenient to me. So I Mm. often, I don't even like Starbucks coffee, but I do get it a lot when I'm out. And and, and don't get their matcha It's just on the way to places. Yeah. Yeah, they They add classic syrup to that. So like, that's why I'm telling you like, you might just need to wait and have your first matcha latte when you visit me in Rhode Island. That sounds good. There's actually a place here, though, called, like, the Matcha Cafe. So I oh. should probably go to it. <laughs> I mean, common sense would tell you. It's actually you this, like, matcha, uh, Emma, no, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really cute. It's actually one of the most adorable little, like, hole in the walls. But it's wait really inconvenient. Okay. To okay, get it's inconvenient. To. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's like it's downtown, which means there's always like a parking nightmare. It's just like the opposite ah, direction. Okay. And I'm not in this in this moment in time. I don't go True. that way very often. So True. but once the weather calms down a little bit, it's still so hot here. Then we're more likely to go like downtown park and walk around. Well, I was just gonna but say right you, now it's so park? hot, I just sweat to death. Yeah, yeah but right now I thinking, by the time I walk to it, I'm dying. So like because yeah. that would make a nice like, you know, like you you could take yeah. going down there like at nine park like far enough away make a walk out of it although i wonder if they're doing like this is the thing i'm always like do i feel comfortable bringing emerson inside this place so i guess the question would be you like know, do they have a do I'm they have actually, a walk-up window see i'm doing the bringing him inside you are okay yeah, i know i, I, I mean, am too but i just always, if it's you know. not like um 
you know, it's not super crowded. I feel like we can keep our appropriate distance. I'm not letting him down. I'm like literally running. You're holding him or he's in the stroller. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grabbing him to get something. You know, I've totally not done it until the past two weeks, but I'm just at a freaking point. I got to get out of our house. Like Mm -hmm. I got to be able to run in and grab a pickup order or grab a coffee or something. So yeah, we're doing it. And it is what it is. So not going to Yeah, no, That's a a good point. (laughs) I wear a mask, you know, eh. Yeah, I know it's it's funny to imagine trying to stuff one on the boys, but uh, yeah, oh, that doesn't yeah. happen. No. No, but uh, it's funny not. you mentioned pickup orders because seriously, the Target pickup order, my husband even grabbed it for me today. It's genius. Girl, how oh, yeah. have I've I been spent doing it for my, yeah. six months now? I know, I know. Like literally, I'm like, how have I never done this? It was so easy. I like was able to on my phone. He was out. Like he had an appointment that I told him, hey, could you grab this Target thing? So I like do it on my app and then they they show me a barcode. I just took a screenshot, sent it to him via text and he texts me back immediately. Like that was so easy. And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, like I could have been doing this for months. So thank you for exposing me to the wide and beautiful world of Target like drive up delivery. It's amazing. I wish Target was sponsoring this podcast. That'd be really cool. They should. They really should. The amount of time and money that I've spent there. Well, all all the Target CEOs that like, tune into our podcast like they could certainly you know and i've mentioned cat and jack clothes multiple times yeah so same with Minnie bowden and jenny's yep. ice cream okay well we'll have me, to work on our sponsorships i know but just let me say a side note about jenny's ice cream because this is just too good to not share so i went on the jenny's ice cream website because i just been having some jenny's ice cream and i really you wanted to it's okay girl it's still just my second pint ever so i i mean oh, yes i'm okay. obsessed but i'm trying to keep it somewhat cool like a like a minor version of the lockdown All so right. i'm on the website perusing the flavors like omg omg and then i see they have a yearly subscription club and i immediately told my husband that's what i wanted for my birthday and then i looked at the price <laughs> get ready to die just get ready so this subscription club like i'm not trying to knock jenny's ice cream but like the cost is just outrageous. So you get four deliveries a year. So that's one delivery a quarter. Each delivery is four pints. So that's a grand total of 16 pints mm-hmm. for the year. Delivered, still frozen on your doorstep, four times a year, four and four. So 16. Tell me how much you think that costs. This I is mean, so fun. I love this game. Like price of right, it's my thing. So like, let's I just mean, play they're price like, of right. Like $100? I mean, they're Girl. like $130? Girl. I need you to go a little higher. I mean, $150? It can't be that much. It's ice cream. Okay, Okay. it was $8.99 a pint at Whole Foods, which was ridiculous enough. I, like, literally have to take deep breaths. I won't pant again, okay? We'll save that for the COVID I'll have to make fun of you, yeah. (laughs) No, no. But you won't edit it, so. No, I definitely will not. The power of being the one that edits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, don't edit this out either because it's $230. What? Yep. Is your jaw? Did your jaw just drop? Because I hope our listeners' jaws have dropped too. I but that love Jenny's ice make cream. Sense. No, it's not logical. It's not logical at all. I mean, no. The math of what you could the buy math. it at the store. Yeah. Anyway, well, I yep. mean, no offense, Jenny's. I'm glad your ice cream's delicious, but um, yeah. Needless to yeah. say, my husband was like, "I think we're gonna look into a few other gift <laughs> options." <laughs> He's a wise man. <laughs> That's yeah. I- I'll ship you Jenny's uh, ice cream for half the cost. <laughs> no That's i'm gonna great. wake up on my birthday morning and you will have like shit me four pints and you're gonna be like no this did not cost me 70 dollars." oh my gosh that's crazy what? so anyways jenny's ice cream but we're not talking about ice cream tonight we are talking no. about careers yes. and motherhood and how they relate so we can dive right in 
I guess we could do a check-in how we are. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I mean, I'm good. Yeah. 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 We've talked enough. Life. Blah, blah, blah. Babies. Blah, blah, blah. We have them. Toddlers. Ice cream. I mean, whatever overpriced. they are. Ice cream. Yeah. So. Next. All right. So let's just take a little trip down memory lane. So when you, well, I should say before you got pregnant or during your pregnancy, what did you have in mind in terms of like postpartum and career? So maybe like share with us a little bit what you were doing, and then what were your plans after? So when we were in the process and trying to conceive before we got pregnant, I was full-time personal training, and I also did some uh, nutrition coaching online and in person. And I worked long hours. I probably worked at least 50 to 55 hours a week, if not more sometimes. Um, Personal training, it's just you start really early because you get the wave of like before work people and then after work people and then as many as you can squeeze in in between. So it really does make for pretty long days and some weekends. So I was very much working full time. um, And I really had the assumption that I was going to go back to work full time. And I I don't think I completely wrapped my brain around how that schedule was not going to be super conducive to having a baby. But I I think I still thought that either I would pick like either kind of the early morning shift and work for eight hours or so or the evening shift and work for that same time period. But it was really never a question in my head whether I would go back at least like very part time to begin with, but really full time. So that was always, always the plan for us. Um, how about you? What were your thoughts, I guess, pre, pre-pregnancy, pre-baby before it was really a reality? I would say nearly identical. So I've always been a teacher. So whether it was teaching in a private school, private high school out in Arizona, then when I moved here teaching at the university level, and then I was teaching at another private school that was lower school, middle school, upper school here in Rhode Island, absolutely loved it. and was teaching there when I was pregnant. And my intention was fully to return. So I like had, you know, I, I left, had a maternity leave. I had a sub who was, came in and was my maternity sub. And I had everything for her. I had outlined the rest of the classes and the plans for the whole year. I was going to come back for like the last month of school. It was like all completely set up. And then I was going to return in the fall. So that was my intention. And I found a daycare for Emerson when I was about 14, 15 weeks pregnant. I started doing research. I found a daycare, made a down payment, like got him on the list. Everything was completely going according to plan. And so that was my intention was to return back to teaching. I would say in very large part because I was just so happy with this job. This was, you know, because I had gone from teaching at a private school, then, you know, some adjuncting at the university level, which is great, but not as fulfilling to finding yet again, a community to be a part of as an educator. And that was just so fulfilling. So I don't think I even envisioned my life without doing that because it had been so important to me. So that had been my what intention kind of as well. maternity leave did you have? So it was completely unpaid, which is jaw drop. I'm well, jaw drop slash America. So it was unpaid and I was given three months. And then, but I was able to extend it. So I kind of realized pretty quickly, I'm not ready to come back. I'd like to extend it pretty much through the end of the school year with the exception of a couple weeks at the tail end. And the school was like, oh, if your maternity sub can stay, that's not a problem. So it was very cool of them. And so then I did, I extended that. And then my pay again, just, I didn't get paid for that, for that additional month either. So Yeah. See, I think part of, I mean, a a challenge of my situation was definitely so as a personal trainer, I I actually own my own business. Um, And I mean, I have no maternity leave there. Like there was no, you know, 
yeah, there was no like, your clients are going to be there when you get back. So I had to set up all my clients, which at the time, I bet I had at least 15 or so. Um, I had to set everybody up with a different trainer, or there was a few that just opted like, I'll just wait till you come back. But it definitely also felt like a lot of pressure for me to hurry up and come back because it was like, mm. If I take off longer, I'm not going to have clients. And so that was a really, really big stressor for me. And while I why I definitely felt this sense of urgency to, um, yeah, not take much time in that fourth trimester. In fact, I was <laughs> sending emails to all my online nutrition clients uh, about three hours before I gave birth and about three hours after I gave birth. <laughs> so I was definitely like, that's what was so funny is leading up to it, I just really thought, I would work. I could not imagine um, stepping away from that because I'd worked really hard over the past seven years to build up my business. And yeah, it was shocking to me that when that baby came, like things changed more than I could ever have imagined. And I definitely was in no way ready at six weeks like I claimed I would be to Mm -hmm. hand him off to somebody for 50 hours a week and yeah, and go. So it was definitely a, a hard decision for sure. Yeah, it is. It's it's very challenging. I I felt the same way. Like he was born and, you know, you you have your first few weeks of just kind of getting your bearings and figuring everything out and then a little more time goes by and then all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, you know, like I'm having trouble leaving him for 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 30 minutes or having somebody else hold him or, you know, let alone imagine being gone from him for for that many hours. So, well, a big part of ours too was he was so colicky that mm, there was just not a chance I could like I don't know. He cried so much. The idea of like leaving him in a crib in a daycare to scream was like traumatizing for me. So like he was just not a kiddo that. Yeah, it it just it was too emotionally difficult for me to even fathom, even though there was I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, many times I would have desperately loved to have a break of, you know, holding the screaming child. But you know, there was this aspect of like, I loved my kid. So I I could deal with it a little bit as opposed to imagining, yeah, him him being alone in a daycare, you know, what? which is I, not truly the reality, but it was like in your mind, my fears of, yeah, yeah, that was my idea of it. Well, you know, it's so interesting what you've just described because I feel like still, and, and perhaps for you as well, like I have those same feelings even now. So because I think of yeah. COVID, we've gotten into the habit of, well, not gotten into the habit, we were always nursing, right? And so now- he's he's just still nursing like there's been kind of no other reason to drop a feeding he nursed three times a day simply because i think you're saying the same emma it's like we're home anyways we're in the habit of doing it dropping a feed seems like more trouble than keeping them so mm-hmm. that being said i still i have this feeling now even like okay like you know our our nanny has said you know i'm happy to come back obviously she knows that we're we're totally healthy post covid and all that and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is great. I should plan a date night with my husband. But I'm like, oh, no, but I need to be there to put Emerson to bed. It's like in my mind, I feel like even though he goes to sleep wide awake and plays with his little animals in there and I say goodnight to him and, you know, it's like a whole thing. It's not like he's sound asleep. It's like I feel like no one else could do that. And I know that's so silly because ultimately he might fuss a little bit, but he's going to go to sleep. He's tired. It still feels really hard for me to to separate like that. And I don't know if that resonates with any of our listeners or, or other mamas, because sometimes it's like articulating it out loud. I'm like, this actually makes me sound a little bit cuckoo, but it's honestly how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's, there were emotions I didn't expect. And I think some of it, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think I've had some anxiety, um, mm-hmm 
postpartum that has been a challenge. It has simmered down in recent months. Some of it's also, I'm a control freak. Like mm-hmm. I, I always have been. It's why I wanted to run my own business. It's why a lot of other things like I don't relinquish control of things. And so, yeah, when it was somebody that was like the most important thing in my life, it was very difficult. But yeah, for me, he was just, he's just always felt so sensitive. And again, some of that is maybe just because he's lived in our bubble. So that's the way I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, you feel like I know my kid best. And when he's hurt or when he's sad or when he whatever, like, I know how to make him feel better. And it is scary to me to I guess hope that somebody else will be able to do the same in the same ways so mm-hmm. yeah yeah those at least have been some of the fears and I'm not saying they're even all rational because I totally know so many mamas that I love and respect and have put their kiddos in you know child care situations from the time they were little and they have been absolutely loved to death you know mm-hmm. and so well taken care of um, so these are just, you know, some of, I guess, my personal fears that I I battled with in those, especially in the early days, but have still lingered a little bit to this, this point, for sure. I wonder how much of a role it plays for both of us that we don't live close to either parents or in-laws. So there's mm-hmm. never been, aside from visitors coming into town, traveling ourselves, obviously, the last six months, not really withstanding, but but previously, I think that you know, had, let's just imagine my mom, you know, been close or, you know, my mother-in-law. And I could have, I guess, adapted a little bit more to, to that rhythm. I feel like that might have been, might have been yeah. helpful or, or to know, you know. Well, I think I might have so. gotten used to. More, that's more used to Maybe it, leaving perhaps. him. Yeah. Well, and leaving him with somebody else, anybody else. And the fact that, yeah, I didn't have any of that, I really did just get used to. Um, yeah, being at home with him and being the one in charge. And so, um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. that was the decision. So we we did the same thing as you though. I I mean I'm not kidding. I bet we went and saw ten different daycares. Mm-hmm. I went to like and four. Yeah, yeah. We just every single one. We just kind of walked out the door. And and what shocked me, I will say, this was interesting. My husband was also very not that he he would have supported me no matter what, but I think he was very much also like, yeah, you're gonna go back to work. Like I want you to go back to work. That's mm-hmm. what works for our family. Same. Um, you like your job that this is, this is the plan. And he really flipped pretty quick actually mm. in, and was very supportive of like, no, no, no. Like it's okay. Not that he was like, do not go back to work. But when I showed signs that I did not, I was not ready at that point to, um, leave him in a full-time daycare situation, especially my husband was very supportive and actually admitted that he was kind of like, yeah, I'm really happy you chose to to stay home because I just know that he is, you know, so well taken care of by you. So that didn't impact my decision, but it was just interesting to see both of our expectations change from what we thought they would be. Yeah, that's really interesting because I would say for for us it was it's similar but but just slightly different. So my husband I think had always envisioned that, you know, he would be, especially I would say post post residency, he would be working because obviously he's done all the schooling in order to do so. And then that would give me the, you know, give us a little bit more financial freedom for then me to be at home. So I think that was kind of like his long-term vision, but obviously being within this residency period right now, I think when I told him, I, I want to go back to work and yeah, he was like, absolutely. Okay. We'll look into daycares. We'll do all the things. And so then when, you know, afterwards, similar to you, we, you know, I decided, look, I, I don't want to go back full time and, and here's why, et cetera. And we talked about it. He then was very glad that I was staying home. 
And it was just it was just interesting. But yet he still has been entirely supportive of me continuing to work at a part time basis. And I know the same is is for you. Yeah, and very much. But I think it is it's interesting, though, to think about truly the financial sacrifice that I think both of us had to make by choosing to stay home. So oftentimes, I, I feel like there's a you know, maybe a perception of, oh, like you get to stay home. And and certainly I, I acknowledge that for our family to be able to, to function and operate, no, it does not require that I'm actively bringing in like X amount of an income. But the decision for me not to go back to work did did certainly affect us in, in certain ways, right? So we we did not then buy a home that we were discussing potentially doing. So that was something that was off the table. We are going to continue to rent and we're not going to be able to do these, you know, these types of things that we had had in mind. And this is the kind of budget we have to have every month, et cetera. So I found that, you know, a little more loans for my husband too, as opposed to like starting to pay them off with my, with my income. So I find that that has been also a challenge, but just kind of part of the decision. Have you guys found that to be similar for oh, you. Oh yeah, we definitely yeah, we definitely and I will again be the first to say um not everybody is in our position that this even was a choice. Um be- because it's it's definitely not for a lot of people and we have had the luxury of having some flexibility, but that being said, we absolutely had to make some lifestyle changes. It wasn't just like okay, well, I'm just going to stay home and, you know, chill and order on Amazon all night like I have done a lot of but without having to make any like lifestyle sacrifices so we actually had just moved and we did choose to um you know not buy the home we were planning on we decided to keep our budget much smaller you know we decided to keep an older car we have been on a monthly budget we have definitely not taken a lot of vacations that was something we really sacrificed because i do think that was a big Mm. financial drain of of that kind of stuff we very much cut back on even just daily stuff like we stopped eating out a lot we stopped doing a lot of things and some of that also had to do with the fact that we did fertility treatment which was also very expensive mm-hmm. um but yes we did have to definitely and have continued to make some lifestyle sacrifices and and totally well worth it and i feel so lucky that we are in the position that for me to stay home has simply meant you know maybe we didn't buy the ideal house that we wanted to buy right now or you know we are driving an older car that we didn't intend to drive this long or, or whatever mm-hmm. we didn't take some vacations like it's not none of that is the end of the world oh, yeah. but my um, husband is I, I will my, say there's definitely <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think there's been a stigma attached to some people have been like, oh, Maladida, like you get to stay home. It's such a, a luxury. Like I'm sitting around getting my nails done all day. And mm-hmm. that is also just personally not been our, our situation. So. No, not at all. Like, let me, excuse me, let me pause my shopping for a second to take care of my toddler. Like I've never said unless I was yeah. like buying diapers on Amazon. Yeah. 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 I feel guilty for getting a haircut more than twice a year because it's expensive. So <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Totally. We, we definitely have made some decisions that have been 100% well worth it. But um, yeah, they've been very mindful. But this this being said, so obviously we, we, made, we made this decision. We said, okay, we're going to stay home. What though have you done in the last, because it's, well, 19 months. I always feel like when I, when I say Owen's age, I have to remember Emerson is right there too. What have you done to stay connected though to your career? Because you still are, obviously, you know, you still have your business, you're still working. So what, what have, I guess, kind of areas of your business have you maintained or yeah, let's just start there with, with, with what you've maintained over the last 19 months. 
Okay, so that being said that I, I did not go back to work full-time, I did go back at eight weeks. So I, yeah, I, I still jumped back into work pretty soon. I actually jumped, like, basically kept doing all my online work, actually. It was a welcome distraction for me during even those first few weeks that I was still doing this online nutrition coaching group that I had, like, 20 clients. And so I was sending out weekly meal plans and weekly all sorts of stuff that I was doing at that time. And so I, I still maintain that I never stopped doing that. And it was actually really nice to use my brain for something other than changing diapers and feeding a baby. So that was cool. Um, but I did go back to in-person work at eight weeks and I, we hired a nanny who stayed with us from the time he was eight weeks up until COVID started. So I just worked two half days. So it was just about 10 hours in person. I also worked a couple hours on the weekends when hubby was around and that was doing my in-person personal training, which was great. And it was, it was a really good balance between that and the online work. I would say I was working 15 hours a week, 17 hours a week, something like that. And that was really fulfilling. I never wanted to completely step away from my job because I felt like it kept me in the loop. It kept me staying up to date on just the newer techniques and, you know, working with clients. And it's also really it was my socialization to a big extent mm -hmm. of seeing my clients. A lot of them are like family to me. Like I have clients I've been training for six and seven years and I know everything about them. I've been to their weddings. I've met their grandkids. And so to me, that was just, it was just been such an important um, thing just to remind me that I'm still me and, and not just a mom and that I haven't just completely lost my, I guess my identity that mattered to me personally. So that's been really cool. Um, I've also like, I have to continue to stay up to date on my personal training certification. I've done a pre and postnatal certification. Um, so I, I do continue to, yeah, stay in the realm. I, I used to do a lot of like, more online marketing stuff, like using Instagram, I won't lie. A lot of that has fallen to the wayside because I just only have so much mental capacity. I'd say it really honestly took until I was about a year postpartum to wrap my brain around diving back into some of, especially the education side of things. I just didn't have the focus. I was just tired. So I'd sit down and try to like do a certification or read a chapter of a book. And I was like, yeah, good night. So, um, so yeah, so that's definitely been an up and down struggle, um, for me on finding that balance of still wanting to be involved in my career and also have it available to jump back into at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to. How about you? I would say it's similar. Like it's almost like a balance of, you know, you want to keep a little skin in the game, but you also have to remember like you made a decision to, right? So it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. you know, you made a decision to stay home and it's not so that you can then, you know what I mean? Like have to be, I don't know, asking your husband to, you know, to be with him, for example, like just as an example, like for you to say, I'm going to train all day Saturday. Honestly, I bet your husband would be, if that was what you really wanted to do, supportive of it, but that would be really challenging for your own family time. So like yeah, that's I've had to set found. some barriers around that yeah. because we talked about that to begin with of like, well, there's always the weekends. Mm -hmm. But if I train all weekend, we don't have any family time. Yep. And I just had to decide that like, look, man, this like I cannot do it all. And that was hard for me. It was really hard to accept that like and I almost felt like I wanted to prove it to other people mm. that. I can work and still take care of my kid full time and still do X, Y, and Z. 
And it was kind of a humbling experience for me just to realize I can't and that's okay. And that like, this is a season of life. He won't always be 19 months. And I don't, I think the thing I kept reminding myself is I don't think I'm going to look back in five or 10 years and say, I wish I had trained on the weekends. Instead, I'm going to say, wow, we did some really fun family things on the weekends. We really had some special memories. I really enjoyed that time with my son while he was little. So that was kind of the perspective I've, I've tried to have when I felt very torn between wanting to stuff all the things in my day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because... You know, we, we, we deal with a uh, very similar thing. A scheduling is obviously a little bit more wacky, but it's like, you know, if every single spare second that my husband is able to be at home, you know, he's very hands-on. I feel like very much like your husband and I, that's wonderful and I appreciate it. But does that mean that I'm also running out the door? Because no, this is our time yeah. to be together as a family. We even talk about it because sometimes we feel like it's kind of like ping pong, like pass the baby back and forth. He's like, okay, I've got to study or I've got to take care of this. I'm like, okay, well, when you're done, you know, can I go do this? And like, that's obviously important and that's part of parenting and managing a household, but sometimes it's just like both of us are like, wait, we just want five hours to just hang out the three of us. And you don't get that if every single hour of the week is accounted for. So yep, absolutely. So I would say very um, similar to me as far as like keeping some activities going, if you will. So for me, obviously teaching French, a really huge thing is using the language just because it's, it's, you know, you need to keep up the frequency with a language to maintain fluency. And so a really helpful thing for me has been that I speak only in French to Emerson. So he's automatically getting the language from me. I'm using it with him every single day, like every hour of the day. So granted, no, I'm not having, you know, literary conversations with him and I'm not explaining complex grammatical structures to him. However, I'm still using the language. So that's what I, I do with that. And then just kind of like how people would do, you know, ongoing professional training and upkeep. Um, I would say like I listen to a lot of podcasts in French, read books in French, um, have friends that are French, stay in, the, in, you know, in touch in those types of communications and make a really, really genuine effort. I watch films in French, et cetera, just to, to really keep it as sharp as possible for me so that I can seamlessly jump back into a teaching setting without needing to give myself a refresher course. And so since I would say... Gosh, since Emerson was, once I made the decision, okay, I'm not going back full time, I remember that one of the community colleges here reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do just a one evening class that fall semester. Emerson would have been about, gosh, about 10 months old. And I was so thrilled. Well, maybe it was less than that, eight months old. It would have been a slam dunk for me to get to jump right in. And I was all ready to go. Everything was lined up. And then the class didn't make. And that's one of the biggest disadvantages of any of our Listeners here know the adjuncting world is that at the 11th hour, they can ask you to teach a class. And at the 11th hour, they can say, oh, sorry, we don't need you anymore. So I remember feeling so crushed and thinking, okay, I've really got to do just a little bit more to kind of get my name out there, whether it's just for tutoring or something, because I really do miss this. So I did, I, I reached out, you know, just kind of opened up a little bit more to a few people that had mentioned casually, oh, I'd like French lessons. So I started doing just a little bit of French tutoring. And that's something that I'm still doing of a few different clients. And then I did keep kind of my my name out there for the community college and also um, university out here too. And so then, for example, this fall, I'll be teaching a course online. So just kind of keeping keeping that going has been has been really positive. And then I just do some private tutoring as well, like creative writing, et cetera. So and that's something I can balance with my husband's schedule. So it seems to work out work out well. And then one thing that I also did from the time I moved to Rhode Island until just recently is I was teaching at Pure Bar, so teaching fitness classes. And I really enjoyed that. 
honestly, it's um, certainly a learning curve too, to learn how to, to teach fitness classes, a lot of memorization involved. And it was something that I was passionate about the workout, really enjoyed teaching, really loved the clients that I got to work with there. But as a result of everything going on with COVID and just things being really inconsistent with childcare, and honestly, just the need to really prioritize family time and prioritize yeah, those precious moments we get, the three of us, I decided I needed to step away from that. So I'll certainly miss the, you know, the community aspect of the clients and, and, and teaching in that capacity. However, it really was never part of my career per se. It was just more something I was doing that was fun. So for me, the priority has always been upkeeping the French teaching. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yep. So off the cuff question that is not on our list. Have you ever felt any like, I know, I know. Um, Well, I feel like there's, I don't know if it's controversy, but definitely some like back and forth division between working moms versus stay at home moms. And I will say that like, I personally felt before I had a kid that like I said, almost, I don't want to be one of those moms Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. drops her career and stays at home. Like I had... I don't know if it was a stigma. I wouldn't say it's judgment on other people because I'm just personally not a very judgmental person. I've always been kind of like, you do you. This is true. I can attest to this. Yeah, I am. Yes. I am not judgmental. Sometimes I feel like I should be. No, I'm not. I'm very like, whatever makes you happy, it does not impact me. So I stay in your lane. That's what you are. Yep, stay in my lane. That is the way I I live my life. But I definitely had a chip on my own shoulder of like, I don't want to be quote unquote that mom. And so I think that has been a big aspect that took and I still battle with of like not having my self-worth wrapped up mm. in a career or making money or, you know, like for me, my job is actually a little competitive. Like I, I work on a, a team with other people and we do kind of compete of like who can work the most hours, who can get the most clients, who can like, you know, and we kind of give each other crap of like, I remember they mess with me a little bit of like, oh, well, as soon as you have that baby, you're just Mm. gonna stay home and be one. And like, they did, you know, and and I kind of did that. And so I definitely have battled that feeling insecure, I guess, of like what other maybe working moms think of me or other people have thought of me becoming one of those moms that decides to stay home. So I was just curious, is that something that has been a challenge for you? Such a great question. I have two predominant responses. The first is that I think I said about a lot of things, I will not be one of those moms. So I said, I will not yeah. be one of those moms. Well, and nurses. Refer back to that. Yeah. Well, but you know, the podcast we did on things yeah, we said things we, we said wouldn't we would do. do. Like I never thought I'd yeah. be nursing this long. I never thought that I would be so hung up at either Emerson being with somebody to put him else to put him to bed, including my own parents, or you know Emerson going to you know to school to a little like you know preschool program essentially for for toddlers like two days a week, two half days. Like I'm torn up about that. I never. Never saw that coming. So I think that, you know, when it relates to to how I feel about career, I also didn't anticipate a lot of like the big feelings that I've had about it. And I think what happens for me is that it, it will hit me. So I'll see, for example, my husband being in residency, I'll see one of his female coworkers who does have the kid or kids and is also becoming a doctor, like is also, you know, going to be, well, I shouldn't say becoming, once you graduate medical school, you are a doctor, but going to be, I should say, practicing post-residency as a physician. And there's a part of me that's like, wow, like, you know, this is a woman who 
you know, she, she is interacting with adults. She's, you know, doing something every single day that's contributing to this greater good. And, but she also still has a kiddo at home. And I remember bringing that up to my husband and saying, that's tough for me because sometimes I feel like my whole world is our household and our son. And he said, but what you're seeing is you're seeing like the idealized version of what her life must be like. He's like, you're not seeing the tears of leaving the baby and the struggles of not being able to be there for every moment and the difficulty in realizing that, you know, in some ways you do have to put career above family in certain aspects. And so I, I think that that's something I, I do try to keep in mind, but I definitely do feel sometimes like, gosh, like I, I walked away, especially here in Rhode Island, I walked away from a really terrific job, my dream job, the school I wanted to work at from the moment I first arrived here. I looked it up online before I even moved here. And I was like, that's the school I want to work at one day. And to think that I was there and I loved it and I willingly stepped away. It's just, it's just hard. And I think that the most challenging thing sometimes is in life we have in our mind. Like I, I asked, asked the school, for example, point blank, like, if you have a part-time option, I will make it work. And I knew in my heart, if they offered part-time, I would have made it work because that's how much I loved it. But they said, I'm sorry, you know, the best we can do is this full-time. It's about 45 hours a week. And it would involve Emerson being in daycare from 7.15 a.m. to 4.15 p.m. And I was just like, that's not going to work for me. So sometimes it, it feels like, I don't know, could I clone myself? And one of me gets the intellectual fulfillment of working full-time and the other me gets the, you know, the motherly fulfillment of being with Emerson all the time. You know, so... I think that's exactly it. It's like I want two versions of me where one totally just wants to go back and be immersed in that almost competitive job culture. And then the other part of me wants to sit at home and play with Play-Doh mm -hmm. and throw Owen down the slide 30,000 times yes. and be there for every, you know, silly moment. So it is just hard because we can't, we can't do it all at the same time. And I know for me, it always hits me when like my husband comes home and he's like, well, nowadays he just comes downstairs since he <laughs> works upstairs right now. So I can't really say comes home from the office, but, um, you know, and I'll, I'll be like, how was your day? And he'll tell me like all these interesting, mm. important things he did for his day and like these intellectual conversations and, you know, he made blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you know, and show me stuff he did. And he's like, so what did you do today? And it's like, um, um, Owen pooped and, um, we played in the yard and, <laughs> you know, we went on a walk and we kissed Ribbit 27 times because that's what he's obsessed with today. Like, you know, it just like doesn't feel like at the end of the day, I have like a lot to show for it at times. And my husband often reminds me, he's like, our child's alive and he's happy. Like, that's a big deal. Like, that's what you did today. That's important. But yeah, there are times it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that, I guess. So I battle that. Yeah, no, it is. It is challenging. Yeah. Same with my husband to come home and have, have things to share. And I feel like sometimes I don't have a whole lot to contribute. And I've even told him before, like, sometimes I feel jealous. I feel jealous that you get to leave the house and you have a purpose and you have a greater, you know, I guess goals you're accomplishing. And, you know, he's constantly learning. He's constantly growing intellectually. And I told him, I feel like you're blossoming, like you're continuing to grow in that way. And I don't feel that way. But the interesting thing is that when I actually pause and like, I don't know if I'm actually, I do know this happens to you, Emma, because you do it to me all the time in terms of giving me great advice. I, I feel like we in motherhood, we have grown so much and we only realize it when we're talking to someone who's like a new mom or a mom going through pregnancy. And we realize how much knowledge we have to share and how much understanding we have of this, of this time in our lives. And part of me wonders if you know, that that has been something I've been able to dive into more and explore more and read more about, you know, parenting and, and, and things of that of that nature, because I have the time and the bandwidth to do it since I'm home, you know, so. 
Well, and I think so much of it is just reframing the way we view growth and mm-hmm. self-worth True. and productivity. Like, you know, that's just all relative to, you know, and, and honestly, I can say, like, I've grown more in the last year as a mom than I did the last three or four years of my career where I was kind of doing the same things Very over true. and over. And Very I true. wasn't really overly challenging myself. Like, I had fallen into a rhythm and it was fine, but I, I can't say I had any major growth like I have in the past couple of years as being a parent. So, you know, it's all relative to, to what's going on in your life and ages and phases, phases and all that kind of jazz. So I think yeah, so. It's just a lot of ups and downs. So so yeah. from here, I guess, what do, you, what do you see the future? Do you feel, I guess, positive towards work? What do you What do you envision your work life looking like? Well, I think for the immediate future, it'll be, you know, nice to hopefully stay plugged in to, to the university. You know, if I have, the, you know, this class this semester and maybe a class next semester as well, and obviously keep up the tutoring. I think because there's a lot of online learning slash distance learning happening, the tutoring, you know, opportunities, I think, are, are, are going to be present because I think parents are like, oh, yeah, we'd love to do, you know, French lessons for our kiddos, or I think I'm going to have those kind of opportunities just simply because people are looking for additional enrichment, even if it's over Zoom. So I think I'll be able to to do that. And I would just say more more long-term, it would be potentially to seek out another, honestly, probably I love the high school level, private high school level. That would probably be like my, my long-term goal would be when it feels right for our family, maybe Emerson's in school full time um, in a few years for me to actually seek out that type of, that type of job again would be, would be definitely I would say very high up on my list. And then if that wasn't a possibility, another thing that interests me is is going back and getting a a second master's in Spanish. So continuing to pursue my interest in languages and you know I've studied Spanish for for a while as well and and to do that and then perhaps ultimately to to do um, a teaching certificate so I could teach a public high school because right now I've just taught private because I have my master's in French lit, but I don't have the teaching certificate. So a, a public school would generally turn me down unless it was like a an emergency certification situation, which is a little bit more rare. So those would be kind of my, my long-term goals, I would say, thinking about what would really satisfy me like in my, I guess by the way the timing would work out, it would be later 30s and, and into my 40s and 50s. But what about for you, Emma? Well, first, were you like the young, hot French teacher in high school, like teaching high school students? Because I feel like, yeah, I just feel like you you would have been and that would have been like trouble for some boys. Oh, my gosh. So the funny thing is, is the school I taught, it was a private all girls school, but the boys would come over for French. And there would be like about four or five of them per class. So it was kind of like a a running joke, you know, like they would, you know, the boys would 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 say, you know, they they would be like, you know, I I love you. And (laughs) Like, no, you yeah. don't. I just remember when we'd have, like, the one rare, like, younger, attractive male teacher. It was always, like, trouble. So, and one of ours was a Spanish teacher that I remember was. Oh, my gosh. That's so hot. funny. So, yeah. I, I kind of felt bad, I'm sure. Honestly, the, got the, the gossip. The so. most the most fun part of it was getting ready every single day for work and having, you know, different dresses and getting to, like, have my jewelry and all that and accessorize and having, like, the girls be like, oh, we like your dress today. Well, at the time, I was Mademoiselle. And it was just... I think it was just so fun to be able to be, especially for the girls, not really the boys, but for the for the other um, girls to be like 
you know, someone that they could, they could, I guess, look up to, right? So, cause I felt like I was in a way got to be kind of like a mentor role. They would talk to me about, you know, college choices and, you know, who they were going with to the dance with and that kind of stuff. And it was a neat opportunity. And also when there were, you know, more substantial things going on and I was able to be that liaison between maybe the student and like our school psychologist or, or whatever. And, and just being able to have that role of being supportive in their lives at a time that I think can be really volatile, the high school time. So that was really rewarding. So. Yeah. Sigh. Like but I now I'm I'm uh, I'm often in leggings and uh, you know a shirt that probably needs uh, needs to be thrown in the laundry. So mom life. Who, who needs yeah. who yeah. needs all that glamour and clean clothes and that's shower overrated. And stuff, so I bet your little guy thinks you're the young hot lady in his life anyway. <laughs> he so. does. He's like mom. He's all right. about the boobs. So I mean, <laughs> he, <the> I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> the other day he saw he saw me take off my shirt and he literally he dropped his jaw and his eyes got wide. My husband saw it. Girl, we died. He was like, <gasps> and we, I don't know why he did it. He's never done that before, but it was it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, but what about well, for you? What do you I think? Would, yeah, for me. So, I mean, I've been very back and forth. And even when I like decided not to go back full time, I honestly was like, okay, I'm just going to wait till he's like six months and then I'll want to go back full time and then it'll be 12 months. And, and, you know, here we are. And obviously that has not been, been our path. And now I will also say COVID has just completely like destroyed my industry to a big degree. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing is back to normal. We, our gyms were closed for months and months. Um, it's taken a big toll. So that's definitely influenced the direction of things. But I would say my long-term outlook, so we plan to have, we would like to have another kid, so we hope that works. And I I don't think I will pursue going back full-time until we just want to have two kids and until that little one is headed towards at least more like a preschool program or a, you know, kindergarten or something. But I think once kiddos are really in school, more full-time hours, um, then I, I definitely would like to go back to full-time work. I assume that will be in personal training, but it's also, you know, my degree is in psychology. That's actually my my background. Um, I've worked other jobs. You know, I can't imagine doing anything outside of personal training, but if the hours are hard, it's really a very up and down um, career path. It's not steady. Um, the big good thing of that is there are flexible hours because I me mean, it was really up to me when I took clients so I could just work during certain hours and just you know that was just what it was but there was no job security in that so I mean there's just so many factors depending on whatever our financial situation is at that time but I guess in my brain the way I would envision it now is that once we get I would keep working part-time until we got done um, having kids and I would get to enjoy the same kind of part-time at home life with a second. And then once those little suckers were in school, I definitely would like to, to go back to work. You know, I still hope to have a job where, you know, I can take some time and be there for school events. And I would like to be able to pick them up from school a lot of days or stuff like that. I definitely, I grew up with a at home parent and that was a luxury that I'm used to. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I envision at that this point. But frankly, with the world the way it is, I almost feel like who knows what things are going to be like in a few years. So mm-hmm. kind of also trying to somewhat stay in the moment and realize that, well, there may be a plan B and plan C and either way we'll figure it out. Um, but I do plan to go back to work full time sometime 
once my children are no longer on my boobs. So, yeah. Yep, exactly. I think it's just also to seeing seeing where we're at. And I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that, you know, if we have kiddos that are in school full time that you and I would be, you know, happy to pass the hours of the day. I mean, maybe for like a week we could sit around. I think after that we'd be like, okay, we're bored. So, no, this you know. is why we're already making plans to live by each other. And yeah, we're just going to have no, spa days all this, the time. Start drinking mimosas at, you know, 9am as soon as we kick the kiddos out the door and live the life of luxury. But this is also why if we're very honest, we both decided, you know, we have done so much like in our own heads and in Facebook chat groups and in all that with motherhood. What if we actually took our experiences and we projected them to a broader audience, i.e. having a podcast and and creating a community on Instagram and social media. And I feel like that for us, you know, has been, frankly, an, an intellectual outlet because we're getting to speak. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we're getting to speak with people and especially this this season too, we have so much more coming up. And, and last season, we got to speak to some pretty darn amazing women. And it's just, it's just exciting to do this because I feel like for us, this gives us, you know, there's a certain amount of organization and, and um, yeah, planning involved in, in having a podcast. And so I think for, for us too, that's been a really unique, I would say creative outlet. So yeah, I definitely think this was a, an, a choice that was, I won't say career driven, but um, yeah, as you said, to use our brains and intellectual stimulus um, with something we're passionate about. And, you know, for me, in some ways, it always mentally tied into, uh, I've always been involved in women's health. And so mm. this kind of naturally felt like an extension just based on the season of life I'm in. Um, so yeah, that's, it's all felt a little connected. And, and who knows where all of this will go. I, I truly could see actually even myself moving towards so focusing on um, mainly pre and postnatal uh, fitness and nutrition because I've just become so passionate about it. So exactly. Anyway, we could go on and on, but really lots could. of exciting things. But we yeah, we just wanted to really kind of just have a general conversation about where our career path has changed from what we thought it would be to the reality that has been motherhood and yeah, just be transparent about that. Exactly. And it's always wonderful to hear from all of you. So never hesitate to reach out to us either over at Instagram at ABCs of Matrescence or shoot us an email, ABCs of Matrescence at gmail.com. It really is wonderful to hear your stories and to connect with you. And also coming up this season, we, of course, as we mentioned, we have some, some interviews and also we're, we are going to be chatting, continuing this topic of career, chatting with mothers who do work full-time, who have worked full-time, you know, even with their, their kiddos being young and really bringing in those perspectives as well because obviously Emma and I can present our own experiences, but in many cases, quite frankly, they're relatively similar. And so for us, one of our big prerogatives is to be able to invite other voices also into this conversation. So definitely something to stay tuned for as well. So Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and we look forward to chatting with you guys next week. Alrighty, everybody. Take care.